Last week we introduced uh, our new series, uh, which is one that we did a couple of years ago, but it's all around this idea of identity uh, and trying to, I suppose, understand who we are. Um, we talked about that phrase, discipleship is becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. And we were saying if we're going to be who Jesus would be if he was us, we've got to know who we are and understanding our identity and everything that, that has formed that over our lifetimes is really important. So this week we're looking at um, the outermost layer, layer one, uh, which I'm describing this talk as preference, perception and comparison. When we think about that outermost layer, preference is a really uh, interesting place to start. The topmost layer of who you are is defined by the elements that become clearly public to other people. So whenever you meet anyone, uh, you bump into them in the street or you see them for the first time, you're introduced to a new person, they will know things about you instantly um, just by the way you interact with them. So it's things like uh, those initial conversations you have will reveal stuff like your likes, uh, your dislikes, your interests, uh, the things um, that you avoid. Um, all of those kind of things can be described as your preferences. Remember when we did this two years ago, we were sat in our living room and I went around the room as an example and said, OK, so everyone share your, your favourite pizza toppings. And it was so interesting because as you go around, there's some people who go, um, uh, will say a particular topping. Other people will say entirely different ones. Other people will say the same and their eyes will meet across the room going, yeah, yeah, I love meat feast too. Uh, and there'll be other people who are absolutely disgusted and balking at the idea that other people like pineapple on a pizza. There'll be someone in the room who turns around and says, oh yeah, I don't really like pizza, um, so this isn't really relevant for me. And actually in that one, little exercise as we quickly went round the room we got an insight into so many different people and their preferences and I suppose what preferences show is diversity and uniqueness and that's one of the key things I suppose on this outermost layer is we begin to make a decision and make an understanding of who people are by things um, that they do like and dislike or want to avoid or, or are really interested in whether people love a particular sports team or are passionate about something. Um, it'll often come across in those, uh, in those initial um, meetings and those first, that, that small talk that we have when we first connect with people. But that um, diversity and uniqueness that we see uh, in the preference layer is a thing that's important for us to celebrate. The fact that people are different is really important. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 14 to 18 says this yes the body has many different parts not just one part if the foot says i am not part of the body because i am not hand that does not make it any less a part of the body and if the ear says i am not a part of the body because i am not an eye would that make it any less part of the body if the whole body were an eye how would it hear if your whole body were an ear how would you smell anything but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. So really, uniqueness and diversity, different preferences are so important. If everyone was the same, it would be bland, it would be boring, and it would be really dysfunctional. The fact that people think differently, like different things, have different preferences, is part of what makes society uh, and communities so important and enables them to function really well. 
But the interesting thing with this, uh, with this stuff, the, the kind of initial things that you introduce uh, to people and, and the way you present your life, it also brings challenges with it. And I suppose when we look at ourselves and the things that we like and dislike and the things that we, we want to do and we don't want to do, um, sometimes we can look at ourselves and decide that we don't always feel that what we have to offer, what, we, what, what makes up our identity, especially on these outer layers, is of any particular value. And I suppose this feeling is often driven by perception. Um, it's driven by that perception of what we think, but also what others think, what they might think about us. And then the other thing that comes into play with this is comparison. And, and actually, this is where stuff starts getting quite complicated, that as we think about ourselves and worry about what people think of us, what we like, what we dislike, the things that make up our layer one, our initial identity, the idea that we are worried about what people think and then we compare what we see about ourselves with other people can make quite a complicated, um, I suppose, uh, make our lives quite complicated at that point. And what we assume about others is often greater than the reality of what's going on. And we see this all the time. How we view other people is so important. And I think we all fall foul of this. That it's so easy to look at the lives of other people and say, people have, other people have more fun than me. They're doing more things. They're more creative in the way that they do stuff with their kids. They seem to have so many things planned and, and do so many great things uh, that, the, that my reality is just boring and it's really difficult and it's really hard. Maybe we look at other people's relationships and we go, man, they are so much better than us. They don't seem to argue. Um, they seem to have everything together. They're so loving and so kind and so caring in the way that they talk about each other and the way that they operate. And sometimes we look at people and, and look at the way that they do their lives and go, they've, they've just got more money than we have. So as a result, their life is better and maybe it's, it's more fun. Equally, we look at other people and go, they have way more adventure than we do. Their life is so much more exciting. And it just seems like they're always on the cusp of this new exciting journey that they're going to go on. Maybe uh, you look at the people and say they appear to have less conflict than I do. They seem to get on with their kids better than I get on with my kids or they seem to get on with their friends better than I do. I just feel let down by my friends or that no one really understands me and everyone else seems to be getting on so well. They're liking what each other do and, and maybe you feel a little bit left out. Maybe you look at it and go, They've, other people have clearly got more connections with me. Uh, that people are, are, are so much more involved in communicating and connecting with them and, and maybe you're feeling a little bit lost and forgotten at the side. And maybe it's this sense of, of almost this idea that there's just generally more satisfaction in the way other people are living their lives. I don't think I'm the only person to sit here and say, man, I have felt every single one of those emotions when I've watched, um, when I've perceived what's going on in other people's lives. And our perception of what is happening for others is often what destroys the value of what we have to offer, of what's going on in our world. It's our, our comparison, our, 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 our perception, the false perception of what might be going on in the lives of other people is what devalues what we might have going on. Theodore Roosevelt says this, comparison is the thief of joy.
And that is the reality for so many of us. That as we fall into the trap of comparing what's going on in our world, of all the things that, that we know is happening in our world, with what we see in other people's worlds, it really does rob us of the joy of what is going on in our own lives. And what's happened, I suppose, more than anything over these last, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years, is that social media has created a comparison epidemic. That it's impossible to get away from viewing the lives of other people. Um, of observing what's going on, of, of knowing information and details about people's lives that you never would have known before. You now know it because you see it, because it comes into your newsfeed and, and that's what you've chosen to look at and, and that's what your, your worldview is completely influenced by. Stephen Furtick, the guy who leads um, Elevation Church in America, um, was talking on this subject and he says this, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And that is 100% the problem. That, that we know the deep dark secrets and the, the behind the scenes of everything that's going on in our world, even if we present well and present a good picture to everyone else. We know the reality of what's going on, but we forget that all we're doing is looking at the best bits of everyone else, that they're not showing the really uh, tough stuff. Um, quite a few years ago, um, I decided, I got a bit fed up with this on social media. I did this, um, started this campaign called 21 Days of Normal, where I wanted to um, show the harsh reality of the fact that the recycling was overflowing or that I hadn't done the washing up or that, um, that I needed to put the washing out that had been left in the washing machine for three days. Um, and I tried to, to kind of combat a little bit of this filtered, perfect image that we try and present um, by showing, um, I suppose, a little bit more of a vulnerable, honest uh, reality of what life was like. A picture of the kids having a meltdown and screaming at me, that kind of thing. Um, and it was quite amazing, um, the response. It was really polarised. There was quite a few people who hated it and said, I don't want to see all of that rubbish. I don't want to, I don't want to know what's going on in people's worlds like that. Um, but then, at the same time, there was a massive response of people going, um, I have felt so much better about myself knowing that, that you and other people who are doing this haven't got it all together. And I felt like I'm failing with my kids, that my kids don't even like me, and that, that my house is a tip, or, or that our life appears to be a bit out of control. It's so heartening to know other people are struggling with that as well. And uh, it, was, it was a strange time, because it was weird when people reacted negatively against it, but amazing when people were quite positive. But what it teaches us is we've got to be people who learn to fight this kind of um, tendency to compare our lives with other people. Um, and I suppose what we need to accept in this journey is that who you are is enough. That, that what you do and, and how you are doing it, um, you are enough as you are. And maybe that's the, the only message you need to hear today. But that is the truth. Who you are as an individual, whether you are succeeding or failing in life, is enough. Can we do better? Absolutely. 
of course we can all do better we can all improve on the things that we do uh, we can be better in our relationships we can probably be, be better at managing our money we can probably be a bit more creative in the way that we engage with our friends or our kids um, especially in these times of trying to navigate lockdown of course there's all sorts of things we can do better but actually we need to remember you are enough that's the starting point and then we, we build on that and say actually how can we begin to to try um, and do that stuff and it's a case of doing that let's keep trying let's embrace what makes you unique and what are those special things about your your preference uh, in life embrace that stuff that makes you unique because you are enough as you are and your outermost layer of identity provides you with that initial opportunity to connect with other people. From there you can build relationships and you begin to make an impact on other people. It's quite amazing when we have those conversations where you uh, meet someone for the first time and you have that thing that, that is in common. Um, and you, you realise that they like something that you like or they've watched something that you watch and you both found it funny or you both found it inspiring and, or you, you both uh, like listening to a certain type of music. When you find that common ground, there's something quite special and that is when opportunity arises for us to build relationships. The moment we connect with someone on something. Uh, and that's why this first layer is so important, that your preferences, your likes, your dislikes, the things that you're interested in, the things that you want to avoid, are the initial things that will enable you to connect with other people. So don't ever downplay the importance of this stuff. It's the thing that is most obvious about us. It's the thing that people will be introduced to in the initial contact that they have with us. But let's celebrate that uniqueness and look for the connections of how we can kind of build relationships with people because uh, we maybe have similar likes or dislikes and, and things that, that, we, that we have in common with each other. As we pull this um, first layer um, to a close, there's two things I want us to remember uh, when we think about preference, perception and comparison. And these are two key phrases that we have to remember and have to shape us as we move forward. The first one is this, no one is better than you. So as you fall into the trap of trying to compare your life with other people, remember that statement, no one is better than you. But the second one is equally as important. And the second one is this, you are better than no one. That is also true. And the moment we fall into the trap of thinking that either everyone else is better than us or most other people are better than me or, or that you're better than other people, we get ourselves into some serious trouble because that completely shapes the way we, we relate to and connect with other people. We either think they're way above us or they're below us. Both of those are problematic. So I want us to go away thinking about those two things. No one is better than you and you are better than no one. Romans 12 verses 3 to 5 says this, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. 
Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So hopefully that's given us some things to think about. That you are enough. Let's not allow uh, that kind of uniqueness, those preference things, our likes and dislikes, the things that make us who we are, to ever be devalued um, or, or be something that we feel ashamed of. Let's celebrate that diversity and that uniqueness and allow that to be a core and kind of important thing in our identity that helps us connect with people as we move forward in life. Let's just pray to finish. Father God, I thank you that you make each and every one of us unique, that you need us all to be different. And I pray as we maybe reflect on our um, outermost layer, our preferences, um, that God, you would, be, um, you would be with us as we think about that. You would help us to move away from the temptation to devalue who we are uh, or what we have to offer um, or our life that we lead um, and that we wouldn't fall into the trap of elevating everyone else around us. God, you would remind us that we are uh, enough as we are and that we would feel close to you as we go on this journey. Um, and we would see the importance of, of this preference layer in our ability to connect with other people. So just be with us as we reflect and uh, yeah, just help us as we think about uh, what makes us who we are. Amen. It's been a fair few things for us to think about this week and I suppose my prayer for each of us is that uh, we really feel God's right by our side as we as we think about all of the stuff that we've talked about today. Um, so I hope you have a good week. Uh, hopefully the weather's going to improve a little bit um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again uh, same time next week. Take care.